0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 26. We're talking about communicating vision during a capital campaign. Bring it.
1: Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any
0: church can use.
1: Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who can fly but chooses not to.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Seminary of Hard Knocks, and I'm Seth. Glad to be with you again today on this beautiful, beautiful day. Today on the show, I have my first repeat guest. Adam McLaughlin is going to be back with us, and he brought a friend this time. He brought his pastor, uh, Ryan Deaton, who is at Life Church in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And they uh, together have put together a pretty amazing capital campaign. They, they've been re- renovating their whole building and, and asking their people for money and getting the, the pledges in and doing the whole capital campaign pledge pledge drive thing. And it has gone really, really well. So I brought them on the show to talk about how they communicate things like vision and needs and stuff like that during a capital campaign. How do you get people excited about it? How do you get people on board with what you're doing? And they had some incredible insights because it has gone really, really well. And they're just now putting the finishing time Touches on it now when this podcast airs. So this has been a couple weeks ago. I interviewed with them, and they were kind of in the middle still, talking about some of the things they've struggled with, and some of the things that have been that have gone really well. So it's an incredibly informative uh, conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. But first, I want to let you know. I'm doing some interesting things over at the Seminary of Hard Knocks Instagram. I would really love for you to join me over there. Go find me on Instagram. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. So you can link over there and just follow real easy. I put content on that channel that I don't put anywhere else. It's a great way to interact with me. It's a great way to interact with me personally. And uh, I respond to DMs. And I respond to comments and uh, you know, I've done some live videos there and stuff. And it's it's been a it's been a fun trip over there on the Seminary of Hard Knocks Instagram, so go check that out. The show notes for today are going to be found at sethmuse.com slash 26, sethmuse.com slash the number 26. So easy enough, easy to find. So anything that we talk about in here, if it's relevant, I'll put the link in there and you can go grab it. So I would love for you to give my podcast a rating and review in iTunes if you are so inclined, if you like what you hear, and uh, that helps me get you know more exposure and more people can find out about this thing. That really is... it's. It's a huge help. If you love what you hear, if you love what's going on here, then uh, I just want to hear about it. I mean, I like to know who's out there listening and what's working for you and what's not, and it helps me to provide more and more content that's more suited to where you are. And uh, that—that's just great feedback for me. I love feedback, so please feel free to give me some. So today on the show, Adam and Ryan are sitting down with me to talk about how to communicate well through a capital campaign where you're raising money to for a building project or whatever you got going on, and. I I know a lot of us have to deal with that and if you're in communications especially there's a lot of great insights in this conversation that you're going to want to pick up maybe get somewhere and write it down because these guys have gone through a really great process it's been very healthy their churches have responded really well so we're going to f- find out some of the things that worked some of the things that didn't and uh, we have a lot of fun with this conversation too so here's my conversation with adam and ryan check it it's awesome Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today I have a special uh, monumental moment happening because my first guest on the podcast was Adam McLaughlin. And Adam is back today as my first repeat guest. So Adam, welcome back.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Seth. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: I'm excited too, because today you and I were talking on Facebook and, um, or a couple of days ago, you and I were talking on Facebook about something that's going on at your church. And you said, and I said, Hey, why don't you come on and talk about it? It'd be really cool. And you were like, Hey, why don't I bring my pastor on too? Cause he knows a little bit more about it than me. And so I was like, right. that's great. So, uh, today also I also have my first time ever two guests on via Skype and I have pastor Ryan Deaton. Ryan, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, excited to be with you for your monumental podcast here, I guess. It,
0: it is monumental. It is epic. It's just like every time, <laughs> but this one is extra special monumental. And so I'm really glad to have you guys on. Um, so so tell us about your church. Ryan, tell us what you do there. And uh, and then we'll get to Adam telling us reminding us what he does there and tell us about your church and and where you're at and what you do.
2: All right. Well, uh, I'm the lead pastor of Life Church in Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, the church was started in 1986 by my parents, and uh, after about a two-and-a-half-year transition period that began in January of 2000, uh, in August of 2002, uh, my wife Jennifer and I became the uh, lead pastors here, and we've just kind of been building on the foundation that was set ever since.
0: Right, and then you and you hired Adam, and so... Yeah,
2: well, we, we did. We hired Adam a couple years ago, so, yeah. So
0: how's that decision working out?
2: That is really good. Um, he's uh, really helped us in our communications and marketing and all of that stuff. So he's, been, uh, he's brought a lot to the table that's continued to help us just move the vision and the culture of Life Church forward.
0: Yeah, and, and Adam, I know that you, you're, you're doing a lot of great things in the church and outside the church, and I've kind of followed some of the stuff. So tell us what's going on right now that you guys are into at, the, at, at Life Church.
1: Yeah, right now we're in the middle of uh, campus renovation. So one half of our building was essentially a, a multi-purpose room, a gymnasium, and uh, we were outgrowing our auditorium. So we added a chunk to that side of the building where the gymnasium was and uh, gutted all the walls. There was a, a hallway of classrooms there. So it was a big empty space. We're building a new auditorium. Very excited about that. And uh, it'll add about 40% to our seating uh, at each service. So... Wow. Uh, So sooner than later, I hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've kind of watched some of that on Instagram, you know, some of the pictures, of the construction and stuff like that. And it's, I I remember going through that myself at a previous church and it was, we had to move our whole church to another church and we met in a, in a Messianic Jewish synagogue is where we met for like a whole summer. It was, it was crazy (laughs) times, man. We actually grew a little bit during that. It was crazy. So, so Ryan, tell us why, why did you feel like we needed to go through this this building campaign, because that's what I want to get into today is, is building campaigns and how you guys have done this and how you've raised money, because I think it's incredibly interesting. So before we get into that, what was the decision? Like, what was going on that made you go? We got to do this. We got to expand.
2: Well, we were uh, not a little over two years ago, we were just looking and we realized that there was momentum building and that our current facility wouldn't be able to hold us if it continued like it was at that time. And uh, we're just, our culture, uh, we're not given to having five, six services on a weekend. We know we can do two uh, beyond that just because of our culture and the way our church is. We're just not sure we're willing to, to go more than that, to extend both our volunteers and our staff beyond that in this season. So we thought the best thing to do would be to uh, renovate our building and uh, just create more space for people to encounter God and experience life at Life Church every weekend.
0: That's cool. So you kind of were like looking around and— like we could go multi-site, we could go multiple services, we could do all these things. We're seeing, but you didn't think our, your culture would really handle that. They would, they didn't want yeah, to do I mean, that,
2: right? Yeah, we definitely have it in our heart to uh, plant campuses and plant churches. We just knew in that season we weren't ready to do that. Uh, we didn't think we had a strong enough base yet, just in terms of sheer numbers and finances and everything else. It just wasn't the season for us to do that. We just felt we had to build a stronger home base, central campus. And then that would position us ultimately to uh, to plant other churches to multiply,
0: yeah. Awesome. So in this campaign, you've you kind of—you've done some interesting things. Adam was telling me about what you're doing with your money and how it's structured. Can you just explain maybe the heart behind that, what that is, and, behind, and the heart behind what you did?
2: Yeah, I sure can. And, and probably to do that, I'll have to give just a brief history of the church, because when my parents started the church in 1986— They uh, had a heart for for the world, heart for missions, and at that time, 10% of all the tithes that came in was designated immediately to missions. But in addition to that, every year they did something called faith promises where people made commitments over and above their tithes to missions, and they would give either on a weekly or a monthly basis. So that had been the model from 1986 up until— Uh, really, uh, January of last year. So every year we would do this big missions emphasis, maybe three or four weeks. In the fall, have people recommit their faith promises. And as we begin to look into this building, we realize that if we continue that model, then people are going to have to make two commitments. And in 2016, actually, we were talking about this in 2015 at the time, is that really what's going to work? In today's culture, and we determined that that model was not going to work for us going forward. So we had to come up with a different model that would continue to move the vision forward. That would enable us not to back off on what we did to impact the world, but ultimately would be a foundation for us to increase uh, what we could do with our impact. Uh, you know, beyond our campus. And yeah. so, uh, so we came up with a model that kind of joined. And merge the two of the, the, the things. It, it includes our building project, but it also includes everything we're doing beyond our campus to, to impact our, our region, our nation, and our world. And uh, actually, at the time, I thought it was innovative and creative. I didn't think anybody else was doing it. Actually, when I started talking to some friends of mine, I found out this is not a new model, but there are other churches that were actually doing it effectively, which was encouraging to me. Thought if another church is making it happen, then I'm not maybe going to be on the bleeding edge, but maybe we can stay maybe on the cutting edge of something new that's going on. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so we initiated what we just call advancing the kingdom, and basically what it is is people commit to the vision of how we're going to advance the kingdom of God on our campus, in our region, in our nation, and in our world. And so it includes our building, but it is not exclusively our building. It includes. What's been traditionally called as missions, but it's not only missions. It's, it's all of how we advance the kingdom. I mean, without a strong base at home, without a place that can continue to grow at home, we can't continue to increase our influence around the world. And so for us, it became part of the vision that all of those things are wrapped into one. And it was both value-centered and vision-centered decision for us.
0: Wow, that's great. And, and I imagine with all of that that you just said, Adam, I imagine you've got your hands full trying to communicate that to your congregation and getting them motivated. So what are, what are some (laughs) of those things that you've done to kind of supplement and support that vision in the communication side?
1: Well, actually, a lot of the conversation as it started out was to simplify our communications. So instead of trying to communicate what's going on, let's say, with missions and also communicate what's going on in our community and what's going on overseas, and then also try and get people to commit to a building project. Instead, this actually helps simplify our communications. So now we talk about Everything that happens while we're reaching people either on our campus, in our region, in our nation or in our world is advancing the kingdom. So we've created a magazine that talks about all the different ways we're advancing the kingdom. Everything from our street outreach program to we've adopted a local middle school to uh, the missionaries that we support. Uh, who are overseas, uh, or work that we're doing with our network in our nation. And so it was kind of uh, a a strategic way to communicate one concept, advancing the kingdom, but we continually communicate it in different ways. So for the last uh, little while at church every week during announcements, we'll show a video and we tag it with ATK, but sometimes it's local. Sometimes it's our street outreach team or sometimes it's our building project and other times it's the people we support in Peru or in Paris or in other parts of the world. But we keep tagging it with ATK to give the thought or to help people understand that reaching somebody in Fort Myers is no more or less important than reaching someone in Peru.
0: Right, and, and by tagging, you mean hashtag, right? You mean you're hashtagging ATK? Yeah, we hashtag, to, and we also yeah.
1: have an Advancing the Kingdom logo okay. that we use on on all that material.
0: Cool. I just want to clear that up if anybody was lost there on what that meant. Uh, I got right. you. Cool. Uh, so you're communicating just a vast amount of stuff, but you've simplified it and got it down into this magazine. Tell me about this magazine you're doing. Is it is it like a full-on color print, 20-page yeah, deal? or? Uh, it's actually
1: 16 pages. 16. It's a uh, full-color bleed. Um, we went with a nine by nine format, which is not standard by any means. The printer kind of rolled their eyes at me when we initially <laughs> took in the project, but it stands out and it makes an impact and it kind of highlights all these different ways uh, that we are um Advancing the Kingdom basically puts it in print for somebody who relates to it that way. And for a lot of our small groups or our life groups, they've found that leaving it on the coffee table when they have their home group is a conversation starter for people who visit their home group or people who are new to the church.
0: Right. So somebody could come in and just go, what's this building thing about? And you go, oh, here's the magazine. They could find out here's all the things you're supporting when you give to this campaign, when you give to what we're we're doing here. right? Right. Exactly. Right. That's awesome. And, and I imagine you're getting some decent some decent pull in from from your people. Like th- is that generating some some buzz, I guess? Is that generating uh, some in- excitement about this campaign?
1: Yeah, so we called uh, advancing the kingdom where we used the hashtag ATK. And um, you know, within a few weeks of when we launched last year, uh, we'll have people on social media who say, you know, I witnessed to my boss today at work, hashtag ATK. So it was pretty cool that people didn't, uh, always associate that with giving, but just in general, reaching people. Um, Pastor Ryan, you have some numbers about, about how, uh, our, our giving has gone in the last year. I can't remember those offhand. Do you have those? Yeah, I
2: can pretty much tell you off the top of my head. I've been looking at them recently and, uh, uh, March will be one year since we officially launched. I think about the third week of March last year we officially launched uh, ATK. We started in January of last year, really casting vision, telling people how we're going to, you know, advance the kingdom in all of those places on our campus, in our region, in our nation, in our world, and created vision and told them that you know uh, this third week of March we're going to be receiving an offering, a one-time offering to 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 kind of kickstart everything, and then. Uh, commitments for the following year. Some people committed weekly, some people monthly. Our goal was that we would have a $100,000 cash offering and we would have uh, $200,000 in commitments on top of that. And we have exceeded already both of those goals. We have received more money. Uh, we're not even for the full 12 months yet, as of this recording. And uh, yeah. we, we're over wow. our goal. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's been pretty amazing. Wow, and, at awesome. time, and at the same time, we saw our tithes. Our general fund increase, uh, I think it was about uh, 15%. So
0: man, and so through yeah. so through a giving campaign, um, you've seen just the regular giving increase in, in addition to meeting your your over the top giving goals.
2: Yeah, yes, we have. And I wouldn't tie necessarily those things together exclusively. I mean, we've seen incredible growth over the last 18 months that obviously has attributed to that as well.
0: Right. and, and But our, yeah,
2: but, but our t- the good thing is that our tithing didn't go down. Like, people didn't choose to give to right. ATK instead of tithes. Right. So. No,
0: Nobody was like, well, you know, I'm going to see how this goes before I give. Yeah. <laughs> that never happens, right? No. <laughs> that never, never happens. People are always like, oh, you need more money? Sweet. Sure. I'll give you all this more money. I got, I got plenty of money laying around. Yeah. So, so that motivation to see what's happening, obviously you guys have done a great job of casting the vision and I know the magazine's one piece. What's another, what kind of way, what are some of the other things you've done to to get that vision out there and get people motivated?
1: Well, as soon as we started our renovation, it became really easy um, because um, you know, day one we were missing a wall day two, they were pulling up flooring, you know? So, uh, (laughs) you know, we could take pictures and put it on social media. So in that way, you know, talking about ATK on our campus, advancing the kingdom on our campus has been really great. Um, our construction crew has been really great. And we've seen a lot of uh, pretty major improvements. So almost every day we can post some new pictures of stuff that's been changing. Um, but we also do continually post on social media about updates from the different missions or the different ministries that we support around the world. So for instance, we've got... Uh, a uh, pastor who's planting a church in Paris, and he sends out uh, an email newsletter every few weeks. So sometimes we'll share some of the content from that email newsletter with hashtag ATK for Advancing the Kingdom. And then we mix it in with pictures of what's going on with our campus, hashtag ATK. But the, the goal for us is just to to continue that common thread as we're talking about all the different ways that we're advancing the kingdom.
0: Wow. That's that's incredible. I mean, I love to hear that you're you're doing you're integrating social media and you're you're just throwing things out there for the people to see every day. And it's kind of always in up front. And I think right. I think when you're anytime you're casting vision, uh, I think sometimes we, we get the, the impression that because I've said it once or twice that it's been cast and and we. Cause we're, and then we get tired of saying it. So we think, well, they're probably tired of hearing it, but you know, it's like, it's, that's not true. It's like the more you say it, you got to keep casting it often and keep it in front of people constantly saying, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going. Here's why we're doing that. And it sounds like that's what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I'll give you a couple other examples. We, um, we had to put up a, a wall through our foyer that was plywood, um, to block off all the dust from the renovation. So we got some signs printed that said, excuse our mess while we're advancing the kingdom. Nice. And, you know, we put those all along the plywood wall, like the plywood wall is probably only, I don't know, 60 or 70 feet long and we've got like 12 signs up. Right. So we were really intentional about it. Um, We cut a hole in that plywood wall and we put in a piece of plexiglass so that when people would walk in. For sunday service they could look through the plexiglass but right beside the plexiglass we had a little holder that had our atk magazine with our advancing the kingdom commitment cards if somebody wanted to make a monthly commitment they were all sitting right there right next to the plexiglass and then another thing we did is all of our offering buckets we got them decaled with our advancing the kingdom logo so literally every time our offering buckets get passed down the aisle people are seeing advancing the kingdom and tying it to the finances that they're giving, so I mean, those are just a few examples to make not just social or not just a magazine, but to create the experience that together we're partnering to advance the
0: kingdom. That's great, and Ryan, I want to go to you because we've we've talked about going out and communicating to the people in your church and your congregation, but I imagine there's been a little bit of buy-in for like departments of your staff and getting them involved in how this works. So what are some ways that you've motivated like your youth ministry, your children's ministry, your worship team, you know, all those people to take part in doing something for this campaign and getting them involved in helping that, that communication go out or, or bringing in money or whatever it is?
2: Yeah, I think I think the big thing that we did is that uh, before we went public with our whole Uh, change of strategy of how how we're going to you know do things going forward Mm -hmm. is that you know into at the uh, fall of 2015 we just started having meetings casting vision to every department really getting their buying getting listening to their feedback so like we didn't have this whole thing put together when we went to some of our key leaders we had a concept and as we listened to their feedback uh, about it it helped to develop what we really are implementing today. So because they had buy-in, they had uh, an opportunity to contribute to the vision, they bought in quickly. And so we really haven't had to do much, to be honest with you, because uh, we do, I think, a good job of repeating things from the pulpit. I incorporate the vision aspects of it in my message Mm -hmm. when possible. And then Adam's just doing a really good job of keeping it before the people on those social media in our announcements, things are said subtly. Of uh, the videos that we show, and then of course the magazine. And and uh, matter of fact, this Sunday, uh, we're already releasing our magazine for this year of how we're going to advance the kingdom in 2017, both on our campus, in our region, in our nation, and in our world. So, it's now just become a part of how we do ministry, how we do church, part of how we uh, move the vision forward at Life Church.
0: That's that's awesome. I, and I agree. I think. I'm I'm over here in Texas, and I know about your renovation program. So communication is going well. Um, you know, I think you guys, I think you guys have a, a good a good thing going there. It's really cool to see a church, you know, communicating with as a whole, a staff that's unified in what we're doing. And I think when any time you get a church, and any churches that are listening, take note of that. Is that whenever you're doing something as a church, that before you even go out to say, "Hey, everybody in our church, here's what we're going to do." You have to say that as a staff. You can't say that as a pastor and then the staff get dragged along.
2: That's right. You have to say it as a staff, and you have to say it repeatedly. Like, mm-hmm. just when you're tired of saying it, people might just be getting to, ke- to catch it. And what I realize is because we live in the information age, everybody is inundated with information uh, by the minute. I mean, you know, there's so yeah. much information available at your fingertips, and if we're going to get our message through— then it has to be communicated, repeated in multiple ways. Let me just give you, for instance, how I know this is true is that for three weeks in a row, I updated our people from the pulpit about the pro- the, the, the progress of our giving and, and how well everybody's doing. It's just really encouraging them to keep giving. And um, the very next week. Uh, our general contractor, who is also in our church, came to me and said, "Hey, when are you going to update all the people on how much money's come in for advancing the kingdom?" <laughs> so, of all the, of all people whose ears should be tuned into that, perfect, right? His yep. would be. However, there's just so much information. I'm not blaming him. I'm not casting stones. I'm just that's just it highlights the point that we can't repeat this enough if we want our message to get through. And if it's important to us to advance the kingdom, then we have to be willing to just. Uh, communicate it in every means possible repeatedly.
0: No,
1: I'll chime in there if I could. Um, I, I will say that if we just said advancing the kingdom over and over and over, people would tune that out. So part of our strategy is to say it in all different ways. Yeah, <laughs> And one right. of the ways is that um, Pastor Ryan is really great at uh, talking about our values and integrating them as a filter into everything we do, hint, hint. My ebook kind of came from that concept. If you haven't checked out that podcast with Seth, go back and check it out. So, um, so connecting what we're doing to our values uh, really helps us uh, create the sense that advancing the kingdom isn't just something new we came up with, but it's really an extension of who we are. And I think for us, that was an important factor of getting that buy-in from our people.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, there's there's so many stats out there now about how church attendance has changed that a church member might consider themselves very active in your church. Like, a church is a big part of my life. God's a big part of my life. And in all these surveys, they'll say that, and they'll say, how often do you come? And it's like, once, maybe twice a month. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. like, really? Yeah. You know, and so thinking about that when you're talking about announcements and how you're communicating, your people might be in front of you. You're up there every week, but they might be in front of you once a month. And, you know, it's like if you say it every Sunday for four months, they might have heard it just four times, though you said it 16. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like such a, a change in our minds when we're, when we're communicating.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for me, I grew up in church, so anything that was said in church was important to me. But obviously we're living in a generation where people didn't grow up in church, right. and there's more information out there than ever. And, uh, you know, I saw some stats last year that I think Barna came out with, and people consider themselves regular church attenders if they were there one out of every six weeks, which was actually astounding really? to me. Wow. Yeah, one one out of every six. And so, uh, anyway, that that's what we're facing. Uh, obviously, it's a, a discipleship opportunity for us, but it's also— uh, a communication challenge. And we just have to always be mindful of that.
0: Yeah. And when you're talking about vision and how important that is, you can kind of, you have really two options with that. Knowing that you can either go, well, people should just be better. People should just come to church more and blame them for not being here. Or you can kind of accept the culture, change your strategy and, and get better communication to them and try to involve them as much as you can. I think that's what you guys are doing, which I think is great. Um, so let's let's let me talk about uh, the capital campaign in general. Did you guys use anybody outside? I, I didn't. I, I never asked no, that question. You guys no, did all did. that in house.
2: We did it all ourselves. We had uh, twelve years ago, or actually more than that. Right after I became the pastor, we added on ten thousand square feet of our building, and we did use somebody outside. And uh, you know, it was good. And the traditional model is that we do three years. But it is just really hard to keep people engaged for a three-year commitment. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything I found is all these companies are still doing three-year models. And again, I'm not saying they're wrong. I just didn't feel like that was going to work for us, for who we are. Uh, Some of my friends encouraged me, now do it outside. It takes pressure off of you. I just felt like I know our people. They know me. We've built trust with our people Um, let's just make this an organic thing and and really just let it be part of who we are going forward because I think it'll really position us in another five or ten years to be way further down the road in how we've impacted our world, whether it's on our campus, on our nation, in our region, or in our world, wherever. Uh, I think we'll be way further down the road having adopted this model and just making it a part of who we are and how we do ministry and do church.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so right on that point, uh, um, something to note that most people that I've talked to are are kind of surprised at is this isn't a campaign until the buildings finish being renovated. Right. This is this is a forever thing for us now, um, uh, for the foreseeable future. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh, advancing the kingdom. You know, a portion right now goes to our building. Reno. A portion goes you know, on our campus, in our region, in our nation, in our world. And as those needs change and as the giving amount change, those proportions may change. So five years from now, maybe ATK is going to be used for uh, more campuses, or maybe it's going to be used to support more people locally or internationally.
0: Right. And and, because right now, 10% of what you give already goes to mission work and, and missionaries, correct? 10%
1: Ten percent of what we give goes beyond our campus.
0: Goes beyond our campus. So it could be it could be foreign missions. It could be anything you just mentioned there.
1: Yeah, there's people to reach everywhere. Yeah. You know, the people internationally are no more or less needing to know Jesus than the people locally. Yeah. So, so we ten percent goes beyond our campus.
0: So we didn't get into this earlier, but do you guys do designated giving when you when people give to your church?
2: Well, yeah, that's a great question. That was one of the things that we wanted to kind of address with this is it had probably gotten a little bit out of control. And the thing for that is, is that if people can just designate to multiple different things, then at the end of the day, the people control the vision and the vision doesn't come from God through the voice of the leader that God has set there. And so this was an opportunity for us to really shift our culture and probably uh, allow us to really move the vision that God has given us, uh, forward more quickly. And so, uh, You know, our our tithe envelopes, our our giving envelopes have become very simple. You can give tithe, you can give to ATK, and then we just have an other there, which is usually used for special offerings. So if we have a guest speaker or we decide, which we don't do very often at all, we receive a special offering, they kind of put it in that line. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that just really simplifies everything. It simplifies the count on Monday. It simplifies what our bookkeeper has to do, and it really empowers us to assign the money where God has highlighted vision and the focus he wants us to have for any given season
0: yeah and that I love that I think that's the right decision I think for I would I'll go out on a limb and say it I think that's the right decision for every church I feel like God has put people in charge to be in charge and to lead and leading means deciding where the money goes so you know that's people vote with both their feet and their wallet I mean that's (laughs) That's what gives them that power. But in the church, it's like the the pastors, the elders, the leaders are there to do that decision making side of things, and and they need the money to do that. So freeing that up for you, I think, is a is a great decision. Um, how how was the buy in for that? Did you get pushback on that?
2: You know, I think we had a lot of questions from probably some of the older people that had you know been in church forever. Uh, just really want to understand. So what we guaranteed them for last year is that our giving away from us would not be any less than it was the prior year. And uh, and so we, we held true to that. Matter of fact, this weekend and next weekend, we're going to be reporting on where that money went as we build up to our big ATK renewal. Uh, coming up here in just a few weeks. So we're doing that to strategically build trust with our people that, hey, we said we were going to do this, and this is exactly what we did, and here's the result of your giving. And so now let's you know take before God what he would have each of us to do as we renew our commitments to ATK this year. So, um, yeah, I think there were a lot of questions. I would not call any of it kickback or resistance. I think it was, hey, tell me about this. You know, L- Let's make sure that we're not shifting our – Vision And and so I think a lot of it was just reassuring the people that, hey, our vision hasn't changed. You know, our desire to advance the kingdom beyond us hasn't changed. Our desire to support missionaries hasn't changed. This is just a different method for us to be able to do that going forward that we believe ultimately in five years will put us further than we would have been if we kept the existing model.
0: Yeah, and so your people basically trusted you. And and you had that trust built up. So when you brought something crazy sounding to them, you know, they're like, whoa, that's different. Then they were like, OK, hang on. It didn't react. They didn't react. Yeah. They kind of responded.
2: Yeah. And, and really, that started we started building that trust intentionally. Probably about six years ago, we looked and we knew at some point we were going to have to build. And it was going to be a huge step of faith for our people because, I mean, you know, we're in southwest Florida, which was, you know, when the recession hit back in the day. We got hit the hardest. We were the foreclosure capital of the world. Every week I had people coming to me saying they were losing their home. They were moving because they didn't have a job or they lost their job. I mean, it was tough. Yeah. And so as we began to come out of that, we knew we had to do something to build trust with people. So we did a lot of little things that we said, we're going to do X. And then when we did X, we reported it to the people. And that built trust and brought us to the place where we were probably empowered and enabled. Even though it was still a jump, I still wondered, you know, are people going to buy into this? Yeah. Um they did. They did. Sorry. So, so we are thankful di- for that.
0: So you discovered trust glue available at churchmarketingideas.com, correct?
2: <laughs> Is that what happened? Uh, yes. <laughs> you must be marketing something you have that I'm not aware of.
0: <laughs> no, it's my ebook. That's uh, uh, oh. that's Adam's ebook. <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: uh, all of our yeah, all of our decisions were very value centered and all of our conversations were value centered, and we know that. Um, consistently consistently building our values builds trust. And uh, trust is kind of like glue that makes people stick. So yeah, that's, that's what we did. I will say that one of the things that um, I admire about Pastor Ryan is he's very real when he's on the platform. So while we're having these conversations in the office during the week about what do we call this thing and 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 why would we do a building campaign if we're going to split focus from people reaching people internationally versus reaching people locally? And Pastor Ryan would get up on a Sunday morning and he would say, I just don't get it. How come that's more important than this? How come people somewhere on the other side of the world you've never met are more important than people in Fort Myers? Like we would just really have those conversations. And uh, we knew we had to make a decision We hadn't made those decisions, but it kind of felt like people were in on that conversation with us. So when it got to the point where we had made a decision about, um, you know, basically creating two designations on our offering envelope between tithes and advancing the kingdom, that people were in on that conversation to the point where they felt they saw the timeline right? It wasn't last week we had five designations on our offering envelope, and this week we have two. It was like, yeah, we're going to—this is an opportunity to reach people, and we're going to tie in, and and this ties in with our values of the presence of God and loving relationships and team ministry and multiplication, and yeah, we're going to advance the kingdom. And and so, it, it, you know, the, the whole conversation, I think it started in late fall when we told people we were going to hold off on our usual November missions recurring commitments, because we were having a conversation about how we were going to reach more people and and what were the most effective ways to reach people. So I kind of feel like that timeline got drawn to the point where when we got to March, people, it wasn't a shock to the system. It was kind of an ongoing conversational thread.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, I love how you were like, okay, normally we do this, but let's not do that yet. Let's just, let's just throw a wrench in the system. Let's hold off on those conversations about our giving because we're still deciding what we want to do next. And so let's just not do anything yet until we know what, we want, what we're supposed to do.
2: Yeah, and the, inter- the great. interesting thing is the, pe- the people responded because I encouraged them. Listen, we're not going to renew our commitments now to missions or our faith promises that we traditionally called it. But I want to encourage you, just keep giving as, as, as you have been. And they did. So during that season, none of the missions giving dropped off. And then when we did our ATK commitments, I mean it was way above That's great. what it had been before. So yeah.
0: And, and I think what I'm hearing too is just your authenticity and and transparency. It, it this generation coming up, I, I would say for like older millennials and even I'm I'm technically Gen X, we really want to see that authenticity, that that honesty, that transparency because that allows us to trust. And as we've seen, so many churches kind of get in the news for not being responsible with money it's it's scary to for a church to go hey we need a little bit more like well what are you gonna do buy a plane you know what are you gonna do with it you're gonna buy a new 10 million dollar home you know what 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 is this and so there's that distrust and so when you're up there going hey here's what we're doing here's why it's that way I think personally it just really communicates like we're not really hiding anything from you You can trust us so if you want to give you can give And, and that seems to be what has happened there
2: yeah, and, and I think uh, this might seem like I'm changing the subject, and I'm not because I think it's an important component for us that helped to build that trust is that a few years ago at our new members thing where people were checking out our church or whatever, we call it Connect at Life, we stopped communicating vision. Our vision became us becoming a people Creating a culture centered around our core values. So instead of inviting people to become a part of Life Church because of what we were doing, we invited them to become a part of us because of who we are, which is mm. a, a community built around four core values. And that helped build trust because we weren't like starting something now and stopping it or whatever. You know, the thing is, if, if people join you because of what you're doing, when a uh, focus shift, happens or something happens and you need to shift your focus, Though those people lose interest and disconnect. So we just really started inviting people to become a part of us because of who we are. Here's our core values. Everything we do flows out of this. We might have different focuses at different times. We might do things different. There might be parts of the vision that's highlighted in a season that's not in another, but here's what's not going to change. We are a people that have a culture centered around these four core values. And, and that I think also was a a key component of building the trust that's helped make this whole shift in our giving and 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 uh, advancing the kingdom uh, really a success.
0: That's great. Uh, so, so tell me to wrap up here. Can anybody give to your fund? I mean, is there a way like I can just say, "Hey, go to this website," and anybody can donate to what, what's going on there? Or is that just an internal? Like, you're, you guys are communicating just that with your your crowd?
1: Yeah, we can go to uh, lifechurch.net. That's our uh, church website. And click the give button,
0: okay, so anybody can do that yeah, yeah, and I know I, want, I just want to say these guys did not ask me to say that I, I just That's wanted, right. <laughs> I wanted to say that for them, because I think what's going on there is great, and so if you feel led, you can go to that uh, to that website lifechurch uh, sorry dot net is that what you said yes dot net slash give. Or hit the give yep. button there, and you can you can donate to what's going on there. Um, find them online, check out what's going on, follow them on Instagram. You can kind of see what what God is doing in their in their church. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation, very enlightening. One we haven't talked about yet, you know that that's sensitive because everybody loves talking about money, right? I mean, they love it when pastors do <laughs> right. that. So that's oh,
2: yeah, their favorite subject. So yeah, we right. love doing uh-huh. that as, as often as we can. <laughs>
0: Very, very seldom do you hear of like, yeah, we started talking about money a lot and our church grew like that just doesn't happen. You know? So that's yeah. why I was like, okay, we got to get this on the podcast. But before I get, let you guys go, um, we got a special segment and I promise this time, Adam, I won't stun you. Uh, Thank you. Five, <laughs> five on the spot, <laughs> five random questions. Um, are you guys ready? And, and you can both answer. You can take turns or you can take one at a time. Doesn't matter. All right. Okay. So, so here we go. What's something most people don't know about Florida?
1: It's mostly Canadians.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that is false. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: that's
2: false. Uh, now during Yeah, that is very false. Let's see. What's one thing most people don't know about Florida? That's a great question. I don't know. What would people not know about Florida? Uh, I'll tell you what What was
1: a shock to my system when we moved here or when we came on vacation. Let's put it that way. There are way more pine trees than there are palm trees. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's there good. There
0: you go. That's good. So question two. Um on your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, is it grape or strawberry jelly? Or is it other?
1: Strawberry.
0: Stra- other. Other? What's the other?
2: Uh, you name it. Anything other than those two. Um, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You those ever do just like aren't my favorite.
0: Honey and bananas or something like that? Guava.
2: Guava, Guava jelly is my favorite. Guava jelly? I've never jelly? tried that. What is oh, that? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, guava jelly. I've never. I didn't know there was such thing as guava <laughs> jelly. I mean, I'm honestly going here, going, what's a guava?
1: It's yeah, a some kind. It's a fruit. Google must taste.
0: Must taste good. All right, question. Question three. What's better, Mac or PC? Mac. Mac. Oh, absolutely. Right? All my PC in fans stereo. are like, I hate this guy <laughs> for asking that question. <laughs> uh, but I believe so. I'm using a 2012 Mac. Still still kicking it. All right. So question four. What worship song is blowing your mind lately?
2: Isn't the Name by Covenant Worship.
0: Isn't the Name. Okay. Mm-hmm. You guys, I'll put, a, I'll put links to this in the show notes so you guys can go see this.
2: It, Anything by Sweet Comfort Band. Oh, wow. That's not even worship music. Nice <laughs>
0: Sweet Comfort Band.
1: <laughs> you got to check them out, Seth.
0: Okay. I'll check them out. And if there's something I can put up, I will. All right. Okay. So, last question. This was, that was question four. This is question five. Here we go. What, and I figured you guys in Florida would know this, Adam, maybe not you. Uh, what's the best method for catching an alligator?
1: From behind? A dog. A dog. <laughs>
0: A dog or from behind. That's good. <laughs> Call someone else to do it. That's the best way to catch one. There you one. go. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, Adam, Brian, thank you so much for your insights and your wisdom and sharing your experience with us.
2: Hey, thanks for having us. It was an honor, Seth. Thank you so much.